We all want to get a ticket to that game or that concert that we've desperately, desperately been trying to get to. And now with the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can get to whatever event you would like to attend. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even easier, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and sporting events to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite event right now enter promo code kickoff at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100 you are locked on Buccaneers your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame put your name to shame cover up your face you can't run the race the pace is too fast you just won't last What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you in part by DoorDash. Long day at work, still stuck at the office, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Week one of the 2019 National Football League regular season is in the books, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers opened up the year by hosting the San Francisco 49ers, who defeated the Buccaneers by a score of 31-17. to Following the game, Head coach Bruce Arians took to the podium to answer questions from the media about the outcome of the game and what happened to ultimately lead to the loss. Here is what head coach Bruce Arians had to say. We talked all week about winning the turnover battle and it's four to two. It's, it's always going to be tough, especially if we get a pick six and we give up two. Um, but there's a lot of good things we'll build off of. Um, well, short week. It's not going to be easy, but we'll be at work tomorrow and. Uh, Watch this film, learn from it, grade it. Um, there were some really bright spots and areas that we can build off of and, and also learn why we're losing instead of winning. Um, and that was pretty easy. But uh, And we'll, we'll have a practice for, for Thursday night. How was really the training game? You talked about Bucks beating Bucks. Is that really the case tonight? Did you guys beat yourselves more than the 40 I don't think there's any doubt about it. And that's what we talked about. Uh, at half even and, and before the game and, and right now that was the message you know when we stopped beating ourselves we could be pretty good what's you, Bruce what's your message to a young team about putting this one behind them quick uh, we have we have till 12 o'clock tomorrow but we can't put it behind us till we learn from it we'll learn from it we'll watch it short week we play Thursday night and uh and we'll be on the field tomorrow night. This is a team over the last 10 years that's really struggled to overcome deficits and things like that. Uh, is that something that you've kind of identified as well? And how do you overcome that? Don't get in a deficit. We had a chance not to be in a deficit. We had a chance to be ahead, and we messed it up. 
one of the biggest issues in the loss against the San Francisco 49ers, as you heard Bruce Arians say, of course, was the turnovers. Jameis Winston finished the day 20 of 36 for 194 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Two of those were returned for touchdowns. You know, it was a it was a tough game for Jameis Winston. It was a tough game for tight end OJ Howard. But one of the bright spots for the offense was the coming out party, I guess you could say, for running back Ronald Jones, a player in his second year. Many of them, many people have had written off Ronald Jones as a bust following his rookie campaign. And he finished the day with 13 carries for 75 yards, nearly a six yard per carry average, which was it was a huge boost for Ronald Jones, and he was running hard. He was running effectively. He was evading tackles. He really, really looked good. So that's one of the positive things to take away. As as Bruce Arians say, you know, there's a lot of positive things to build on. Ronald Jones' performance is certainly one of those. Yeah, James, and looking at the defensive side of the ball, the defense played well overall, had some moments and some drives. Uh, Bruce Arians did go on to speak in his press conference about one of the final drives the 49ers had in the game where the defense didn't quite play up to their abilities and and ultimately helped contribute to what ended up being a loss for the Buccaneers. One player who really stood out, I think, was strong safety Jordan Whitehead, who really impressed during the preseason, really solidified his spot as the starting strong safety on this team and turned in a team-high eight combined tackles during the game today, despite the loss, still proving that he's a reliable member of that defensive backfield. Of course, Captain Levante David came in second with seven combined tackles showing his leadership and was consistently making plays in and around the ball and was a constant pressure or presence of pressure to uh, with quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo in that 49ers offense. Rookie Devin White, who was also coming, who also was dealing with an illness earlier in the week, was able to recover enough to be able to play in today's game or in the in the week one game and turned in six combined tackles with five coming uh, solo there. and. Of course, he's replacing, Buccaneers fans remember that he's replacing former Buccaneers linebacker Quan Alexander, who played very little today, turning in three tackles for the San Francisco 49ers as he was ejected early in the game for lowering his head into a tackle, into a strike against Jameis Winston, hitting Jameis Winston in the head as the quarterback was sliding and giving himself up on a play. So not the comeback, not the welcome back to Tampa that Quan Alexander surely hoped to give himself. And however, the 49ers defense was able to uh, pick up the slack for him during his absence. And linebacker Fred Warner, who was pointed out by Locked On 49ers host Brian Peacock, really turned out to be the player of the game, coming in with nine tackles and making a lot of key plays, including a forced fumble. Yeah, and eight penalties on the day, quite a few of those coming after the defense had already gotten a third down stop and could have forced a punt, instead gave San Francisco some free first down. So a lot of sloppiness that needs to be cleaned up before the Buccaneers head to Carolina on Thursday. Let's get into it. I'm pissed. I am not a happy person right now. And I, I was talking to Gil Arcia, you know, the site manager for Bucks Nation, that I'm I'm this close, and you can't see my fingers right now, but they're very, very close together. I'm this close to turning on Jameis Winston the way I did Josh Freeman, because this has to stop. You know, the first the first interception, all right. Fine, not your fault. It hit OJ in both hands and went straight up in the air. OJ Howard, terrible game. 
he was the cause of a fumble in the red zone as well as an interception. Okay, not great. The second interception, okay, you can say the barber might have run the wrong route. We saw barber slip. Regardless, the throw was way outside, right into Sherman's hands, returned for a touchdown. Not great. That final interception, you are getting pressured by four San Francisco 49ers. You are throwing off of your back foot to absolutely no one except someone wearing a white jersey who takes it back for a touchdown. In the preseason, David, we talked about how we were glad to see the decisions that Jameis was making. He took a lot of sacks against Cleveland, but he wasn't forcing passes. He wasn't making mistakes. He was living to play another down. He throws a game-sealing pick six on first down. It was an absolutely inexcusable play. He reverted back to the player we have seen for the last four years that when it comes time that he really has to make a play and he has to go and be quote-unquote Superman, he screws it up. Bruce Arians has told him time and time and time again, you don't need to be Superman. You need to make smart decisions. And that throw to end the game was one of the dumbest decisions I've seen him make in his pro career. It was pathetic. And he has four days, David, four days to wash this nasty taste out of Buccaneers fans' mouths when he goes up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina, facing off against Gerald McCoy. We all know that's going to be the storyline. He has got to get this right, or just about everybody is going to wash their hands of him and say, you know what? Time to move on. Yeah, not not a... Uh... Not a good showing for Jameis Winston. And that's that's kind of one of the things we've been talking about all offseason, all preseason, because he did show some of that growth that you want to see during preseason. He did show some of that growth that you want to see. Today was definitely not the day that he put all that on display. Talking about, you know, again, the first interception off the hands of O.J. Howard, absolutely 100%. That's on O.J. That's not on Jameis. We both up to this point have been supporters of Jameis in the instance that he can and could become the quarterback that uh, the Buccaneers need and honestly reach his maximum potential. Now, here's what I'll say today did for me. I still believe that Jameis Winston has not reached his full potential. However, my confidence in his ability to reach his full potential is certainly shaken. Uh, but it's week one, and I think that's the thing that everybody's got to keep in perspective. And listening to Bruce Arians' press conference and talking to the media members there after the game, I think he's trying to do the same. He's going to try to keep his team in the same mindset and keep his quarterback in the same mindset. This is a long, long season. There are 16 games. This is one. It's it's two, three, like terrible, terrible turnovers for this team. Uh, well, four terrible turnovers for the team. Three bad turnovers for Jameis, two absolutely inexcusable turnovers for Jameis. Um, the 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 interception to Richard Sherman, the first pick six, I know got a lot of buzz in our group chat, James, the Bucks Nation group chat. And I didn't really want to get into all the details and stuff there, but I can tell you that when the Dolphins were in town, you know, we were very explicitly told by the communications staff that hey, they're doing some installs starting like right now. So Here's kind of where we need you to limit your your photography. We need you to limit the video. We need to limit you know the details of what you're saying. 
something that I never saw any media member tweeting out somebody, something I never really saw or noticed fans talking about was running backs being lined up as perimeter receivers. And that's what you saw today with Peyton Barber out there on the perimeter. Now, I saw that plenty of times. I will admit that I don't recall ever seeing Peyton Barber lined up on the outside and James actually going to him in that circumstance. I do remember very, you know, on, on a few, on most occasions, it was Dari. It was usually Dari Gumbawali who was out there on the perimeter and James would, would go to him and would look for him. Dari's a much better route runner. He's a much better receiver than Peyton Barber is. So that never really sat to me as a surprise. It sat to me as like, okay, this is a new wrinkle. And I kind of like it. And I kind of like what Dari does with it. And I kind of like the connection that he and James have. I would still never, ever, 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 ever say that you should throw a pass to a running back covered by Richard Sherman. And I honestly, I don't really believe Richard Sherman ever thought that Jameis would throw the ball to Peyton. If you look at his coverage, he's playing off of Peyton quite a bit. Like he's playing off of Peyton Barber quite a bit. And I really just kind of thought he was in a mode. It looks to me like he were in his mindset, Richard Sherman's mindset. He was just kind of playing back saying, okay, let me see if something comes in this area that I can help out with elsewhere because no way this guy's throwing to a running back uh, on me. And then he sees James lock on. He sees Peyton make that turn. He sees Peyton slip and it's just an easy interception from there. Just the thought process alone of I'm going to target a running back against Richard Sherman is just, to me, it's, it's just not intelligent football. That's just the first one, man. I mean, the screen... Uh, Bruce Aaron said it again, you know, he's probably trying to throw it away. He got the, he got the grounding call earlier. So he probably didn't want to throw it over the sideline thinking to get in the grounding penalty. That's just Jameis being in his own head. And we've said it time and time again, that when Jameis gets in the most trouble, when he gets inside of his own head, problem is you've got four or five San Francisco 49ers defenders running into your field of vision. You don't, you can't see. And I think that's really what happened is that Jameis thought he had an open patch of grass, but what he didn't see because of everything that was happening in front of him was the defender who obviously a very simple interception return for a touchdown. So yeah, just terrible decisions, nothing that can be excused. But at the same time, I kind of like the idea that Bruce Arians didn't get up there and just completely roast Jameis because that is the quarterback. And and if anybody's surprised that Bruce Arians got up there and didn't roast his quarterback, then you haven't been paying attention because one of the first things Bruce Arians said, and one of the first things Bruce Arians did when he got to Tampa was do everything in his power to make sure that Jameis understood this was his team. And if you as a head coach get up there and just completely deconstruct your quarterback and roast him in front of the media, you're taking every bit of, of, of stature that he has with the media. And don't get me wrong, like the press is going to do wonders by themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, I, nobody out there, the Greg Almonds of the world, the, the Pew Report guys, none of them are going to sugarcoat this. They're going to come at Jameis and they're going to dissect the plays and they're going to dissect his decision making and they're going to let him have it as they should. That's That's honest reporting. So Bruce Arians doesn't need to get up there and contribute to that. Uh, Bruce Arians can get up there and and at the end of the day say, look, it's it's me, Jameis, and Byron. We're a team. We're a unit trying to make this thing work. And Jameis knows that he's in a room with a guy that has his back that isn't out there uh, throwing him under the bus. Now, is that going to last 17 weeks, 16 games if this keeps happening? I don't know. I don't think so. But at least for week one, I get why Bruce took the took the method that he did. And I actually agree with it uh, because of those because of those circumstances. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, you know, this is the same old Jameis. It's it's what we've seen. It's what we've tried to defend. It's what we've tried to make excuses for. And it has it has to end. And if there is not drastic improvement between yesterday's game and this Thursday's game, heads are going to roll, whether it's 
within the walls of one buck or because of the media or whatever, heads will roll. Jameis has got to get it together. There's no more time. There's no more excuses. It has to get done. These are not decisions and plays that can be made by a fifth-year quarterback who is supposed to be the future of your franchise. He can't be the future if he's not even the present. And that's where I am right now. But, David, let's go ahead and jump over to the voicemail line. Hey, guys, it's Leighton in Tampa real quick after the game. Disappointing loss. Um, I think we had a few different things going on. Um, some miscommunication on routes, drop balls, and definitely some uh, officiating issues. Um, BA won't talk about officiating, but I'm sure the fans and media, media will. There's definitely a lot of things going on that in that game that shouldn't have shouldn't have happened. Um, I'm sure you guys watching on TV saw more of the stuff than we we could in the stadium, even with the little bit of replay that we get. Anyway, not panicking. Just know that we have to just tighten a lot of things up. Anyway, as always, go Bucks and have a good one. All right, Leighton, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, the officiating was bad. It was bad. Um, there were a lot of people in the Bucks Nation Twitter mentions complaining about the second holding call on on Demar Dotson. That was a good call. Like it, it infuriated me because it negated an, an incredible catch by Cameron Braid for a touchdown. But it was the right call for sure. Now I missed the first holding call. I didn't see what they were looking at, so I don't. I can't speak on if that was a good one or not. Um, but yeah, some of these ticky tack penalties, man, especially some of the ones that cost the Buccaneers defense from getting off the field, you know, when they had these third down stops, those were bad. The review at the end of the game, I get it. It was meaningless. The Bucks were down 14 points with 51 seconds left and no timeouts. But when you have Richard Sherman facing the stands and putting his arm over both of Mike Evans' arms, that's pass interference. I don't care what the status of the game is. If you're going to take the time to do a booth review of that play, get it right. And they got it really, really wrong. Like, that was blatant pass interference. Again, it didn't have any bearing on the on the outcome of the game. The game was already over at that point. But still, if you're going to take the time to review it, get it right. Right, um, and and Bruce actually did talk about the officiating uh, at his, at his post game press conference, and he mentioned that that last play there with Richard Sherman and everything, and and basically said that if that's not pass interference, then he doesn't know what is pass interference. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'd like to get a better explanation from that. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Let's go ahead and get over to our next voicemail because we are up against the clock. What's up, guys? This is Matt from Morvin, Georgia. Got to say, there's some things I'm excited about, and there's some things I'm very disappointed in with this loss today. First and foremost, I'm excited that our first touchdown was from defense. Um, I'm an old-school Bucks fan, so that gets me excited every time I see us being able to play some good D. I like us being able to run the ball. Um, nothing, nothing like pounding the ball and, and playing good defense to get me excited. Uh, as far as the offense goes, I think the uh, quarterback whisper 
better speak the fornication up and maybe be the quarterback yeller at this point. I don't know what to say about uh, some of the decision-making and performance on Jameis Winston's part. Um, am I ringing the alarm bells yet? I don't know. I've got my hand on the rope. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. As we know, that was a good defensive line, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait before I before I start getting ready to walk Winston off the plank. But uh, yeah, go Bucks! All right, Matt. Thank you for the call. Yeah, we've already talked about Winston enough, but yeah. Glad that you touched on a couple of the other things because those are two things that I really wanted to talk about. Uh, great, great day for Vernon Hargraves. He had just given up uh, a first down pass with with some pretty poor coverage, and then to come back and make up for it with a pick six, yeah, especially with some of the injuries that he's had to battle through and and missing the majority of the last two years, could not be happier for him. And David, good heavens, Ronald Jones. He, he gets my game ball. Ronald Jones was absolutely fantastic. Nearly six yards per carry. Um, and he was running, he was running hard. He was running downhill. He would, he would make one little cut and then full speed ahead. And that's what, that's what we were talking about wanting to see out of him when he was drafted, that he's a one cut and go kind of guy and he can get to full speed in about two steps and, it was it was absolutely fantastic to see. He was protecting the ball well, especially I think the Bucks had five fumbles. So when he was bracing for contact, he had two hands on the ball. He was lower in the shoulder. He was making things happen. I loved what I saw out of Ronald Jones. Well, so I loved overall what I saw about Ronald Jones, but I will say that there was one possession there where he got like three carries in a row and he ripped off some pretty good gains. And that chicken wing was getting a little loose there a little bit. Uh, so ball protection... Um, overall, obviously he did well because he didn't have any fumbles and that's the important part, but that arm was sticking out there a little bit. And I'm telling you right now, Carolina Panthers defenders, especially guys like Luke Keekley, they're going to watch that film. They're going to see that and they're going to be looking for it and they're going to go punching after that ball. So hopefully that running backs coach is going to get in there and talk to Ronald about tucking that thing a little bit more consistently. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with fatigue. Like I said, it was a drive where he was getting a lot of attention. So I think that was more fatigue than anything, but he's got to, he's got to keep that thing tucked in tight. Was that uh, when he had four carry or it yeah. was like three carries and he got two first downs or yeah, exactly. four carries so, and three first downs? Something crazy. Yeah. So I think a lot of it, like I said, was like fatigue and stuff like that. But just just uh, good to see, you know, the immediate part out of him. Obviously, he's got he's got room to grow, but uh, so I'm not going to harp on that too much. As far as Jameis is concerned, we've, we've said a lot about Jameis, but the last thing I really wanted to throw down is, is tied to the decision making, of course, and then the time limit. You kind of mentioned the time limit, and I know that you know Matt's talking about he's not he's not quite in the panic button yet, and all this other stuff. Listen, there there's there's long been a group of Jameis haters and a group of Jameis supporters within the Buccaneers fan base. Listen, if you're a Jameis hater, right? This is this is to me like this is not the time to kind of kind of gloat and 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 bask in the light of your your rightness, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're doing that, you're rooting against your own team. And if you're a fan of the Buccaneers, I don't understand why you would do that. If you're a Jameis supporter, if, you, if you're on that kind of side of the argument, right, it's, it's time to start being a little bit more realistic, right? So, so in, the, in the past, Scheme has been blamed for some of this stuff. Uh, Dirk Cutter forced to try to force him to be a different type of quarterback than he actually is. And, and I think that a lot of that has to – a lot of that holds water. This is different. This is a quarterback coach, or this is a coach in Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, 
who have worked with different styles of quarterback and been successful with all of them because that's what they do is they work towards customizing their scheme and their system for their quarterbacks. Play calling worked fine. This system works fine for what Jameis Winston does and what he does well. They still ask him to take deep shots. We know deep passes aren't his, his forte, but he can hit them, but they're not relying on them. We saw that today. We saw a lot of check down options. We saw a lot of screen passes. We saw a lot of quick passes. The touchdown pass that should have been to Chris Godwin, talking about going for it on fourth down. If Jameis Winston trusts the receiver to be where he's supposed to be versus the defense coverage that he got, that's a touchdown because Jameis Winston should have got that ball out much quicker than he did. Bruce Arians went up there and said, Chris Godwin should have stopped sooner than he did, whatever, whatever. Listen, at the end of the day, if you're calling a slant, that's what you need to be reading for is a slant. And if Jameis Winston was reading for that slant, he would have seen that it was wide open. And it was. That's not what happened. Chris Godwin got open. Jameis verified he was open. And then he threw the ball. In that second it took for him to verify that Chris was open, that defender came in and broke that pass up. That's on Jameis. That's decision-making that's reading defenses. The screen pass, we've, we've already talked about. Uh, those are two. Those are two passes. Those are two plays. Jameis Winston is in a situation to show this team that he can lead them to victory. Paige talked about it when she came on the show. He's a fifth-year quarterback. There's no more excuses. He's got to make this thing happen. These passes can't go down the way that they did. I know I'm running long. So James, this year I'm doing the X Factor stuff, right? You did. You did the X Factor last year. I'm doing it this year for Bucks Nation. This week's X Factor was James Winston, and I put in there, I, go, I got that it's easy It's easy picking. It's a quarterback. Got it. He's the X Factor in pretty much every game. But I wrote in there specifically this week because the 49ers had no tape to study about this offense. They had no way of scouting this offense. There is not a single team, a single game that James Winston is going to come in and have a strategic advantage over more than the San Francisco 49ers, and he absolutely threw it away. Absolutely threw it away. And whether you're a Jameis hater or Jameis supporter, that's the reality of it. You need to own it and accept it, but you need to hope that weeks two, three, and four, we see improvement and we see better play out of Jameis because if we don't, then yeah, that clock is ticking. It's it's winding down. The sands are, are draining from one end to the other, and he doesn't have a lot of time. Um, I would say that by the, by the time this team hits the bye week, we are going to know whether or not the majority of this fan base, the media members, and so on and so forth, believe that Jameis Winston is a quarterback to take this team into the future or whether Bruce Arians needs to get on the phone with Andrew Luck and convince him to come out of retirement. Yeah, he he threw it away right into their hands and got returned for two touchdowns. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. 
just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, I do have some thoughts on the play calling, but we are out of time. We will touch on those tomorrow. Please continue to send in your reaction voicemails to 813-444-5841. David and I will wrap up our thoughts on this game on tomorrow's episode, and then we have to get ready for the Panthers. So please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have a much better Monday than Jameis had a Sunday. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. And you ain't the only one who feels like this world's left you far behind.